everybody. Me, Sanzi, your mom, your mom's mom. Everybody, nobody in particular, everybody in general. If we need to be specific, you can get at me. I'll get at you, whatever's good. got no rhymes, y'all. I got a couple of problems. And the reason that I'm telling y'all is that I'm looking to solve them. And furthermore, you heard it before. You probably got them. So now it's time for us to settle the score and air the line to. But not before I preface the song and say I still got love for you. It's been a minute since we talked and I heard it through the bamboo. Telegraph the half-truths of cash rules. Then please consider the payment past due. And cats who smear appearance to your mutual friends will make you wonder why some gaps and hugs would start to turn limp Did you volunteer secrets? Did you snitch out your people to get cool with some fools that we used to have some beef with it? He said that she said that they went and did somebody dirty and you heard it and now you're no longer friends I don't operate on that sort of level I'm face to face, no fake Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal types of handshakes Got a problem with me? Try diplomacy Instead of side talk on sidewalks and pretending that you don't notice me Or telling people that you're worried about me Hey there, Irvine. Good morning. You are listening to Activism for Amateurs here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And, um, yeah, that's it. Um, it is Thursday morning, March 3, I believe. Yep, March 3, and it is 8.02 a.m., so we're starting off with a pretty solid start this morning. But, um, yeah, anyway, good morning, good morning. Um, I hope everyone had a good night's sleep. Um, despite the fact that it is finals week coming up in two weeks. Ah, get excited. Get excited. I'm scared. I'm super scared. But um, I hope that all of you aren't as scared as me. And if you are, I hope you're at least taking care of your health um, during these uh, very important times of finals because... Um, pretty much if you don't keep your immune system up, then you're going to get sick and then you're going to make other people sick because chances are they're not sleeping either. And then it just makes it harder for us to study. So, yeah. And the reason I talk about health, um, even though this is an activist show, is today we will be talking about health activists. Yay. So um, health activists are a certain type of activists that a lot of people don't really consider activists. So these are pretty much your public health policy people, um, people in your community who are advocating for um, better health um, conditions in the neighborhood or um, systems that uh, implement um, health a little bit more. Um, you know, pretty much taking care of your pollution problems, taking care of your sanitation problems, things like that. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much my spiel. Pretty short on what a health activist is. Um, my attempts are to kind of give you a little bit of a different definition of, of an activist because, um, you know... Um, so far on the show, we've been talking a lot about activists being out on the streets and rallying and protesting, uh, peaceful or not peaceful, um, depending on, you know, whatever the cause is, all for the sake of social justice. However, um, just to keep in mind that activism isn't just going on on the streets, but it is also in neighborhoods as well. And um, we have... Uh, I have like a few uh, clips that I would like to um, play 
uh, uh, clips of certain health activists um, who and talking about what they are doing in their communities in order to promote better health and lifestyle um, in their neighborhoods around them. So even though it doesn't completely affect the whole of society, it still affects the community in a sense, and um, that also is very important. Um, I think a lot of people kind of just forget the importance of community, um, the importance of just taking care of a few houses or a few um, neighbors in your community, and um, that's definitely necessary because you got to take the activism home with you if something's going wrong um, at home or in the communities. It's a lot harder for you to be able to advocate out in the workplace or out in the city or wherever. So, um, yeah, uh, taking health activism home. That's what we're talking about today. So, uh, yeah, here is an interview. Uh, this show was on... Uh, ABC News from the Bay Area, and um, this is pretty much, I'll just, I'll just give you a quick intro into what Health Activist is um, through this video. It's pretty good. So, um, yeah, take a listen. It's important that every family has a health activist. Absolutely. What is that? Well, our Nick Smith found out when he had a chance to talk to the Senior Vice President mm -hmm. of Community Benefit and Health Policy for Kaiser Permanente, Dr. Raymond J. Baxter. Take a look. Well, what is a health activist? A health activist is somebody who takes responsibility for his or her own health and stop there takes concern for the people around them, works with other people around them to change the whole community to be a healthy place. Tell me about some of the results you have seen firsthand. Well, one of the results that we've seen is uh, the uh, conversion of, uh, of a liquor store in one of our communities into a venue that's now selling fresh fruits and vegetables. Uh, that's a real big change. And the community liked it not just because of the change in what was offered there, but it helped make the whole neighborhood a safer, better place to be. I feel safer on the main streets than I do on the back streets. So what's going on in the video right now is they're showing um, this girl who is who we equipped with talking about uh, her path of walking to school and um, pretty much what that's like um, the kind of and how the environments are pretty harsh in regards to walking home to school um, because there's a lot of littering on the streets and um, the air quality isn't very good and it is a pretty long walk and it's also um, not very safe um, the route that she's taking to walk home because um, there's pretty much her the direction to her house is surrounded by highways. So, um, yeah, that's that's what the girl is talking about. It's kind of hard to hear it, but, um, yeah. And we continue. The video cameras film the route to school. So they went down the whole route. They filmed the pit bulls on one side. They showed the trucks riding over the edges of the sidewalks because there weren't wide enough lanes. They showed the dangerous intersections. The result of that was... The whole, all the parents and the school got together and they met with public officials to make it a safe route to school. Now, those kids are walking to school instead of riding to all school. Alright, well, um... Be aware, work with other people. It's kind of weird. According to my readings on the radio, um, yeah. I'm not able to play 
the video anymore on the air. Super embarrassing. Ugh, whatever, whatever. I'm so sick and tired of technical difficulties. All right, so that's enough. All right, so yeah, so um, you're pretty much um, hearing what um, this health activist was talking about. Um, health activism, like he said, is um, within your community. So what they did in their community was they decided instead of having a local liquor, liquor store, um, they would instead have a you know, a store that would sell healthy fruits and vegetables um, to the community members. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it kind of shows, you know, and that's a lot. That's a pretty good change in itself, um, improving the health of um, the people in your community. And um, don't mean to bag or anything, like, on, like, or bash on, like, liquor stores or anything like that. Because, um, you know, it, it's completely up to the community's choice. But I feel like if the majority of the community did vote on having... Um, a store that was equipped with uh, fruits and vegetables as opposed to liquor, then hey, you know, they could totally do that. So, um, yeah, uh, all for the sake of health activism. So that's one way um, that you could be a health activist in your community. Um, another way is by um, trying to get the community together in order to, I don't know, make your neighborhood a little bit less polluted, maybe cleaning up the trash a little bit more, and... Um, recycling a little bit more, um, creating, you know, neighborhood-friendly systems to kind of, like, um, help with that. And um, I know a lot of neighborhoods have community councils and things like that, um, whether, they be, whether they be big neighborhoods or smaller neighborhoods. Um, however, I, I, yeah, the only comment I have about health activism is, like, obviously not many neighborhoods are able to really come together as a community and really organize unless they have, like, the proper resources. So, um, yeah, that can be kind of difficult at times. And um, also, it, it does take a certain amount of, um, you know, leisure time in order to be able to do that. So one of the arguments that um, I had heard while while I was thinking about um, this topic of um, health activism was that like, oh yeah, but health activists, you know, that, that you can't get something like that in a lower income community, but that's false though, because um, in, even in lower income communities, you know, um, you do have a lot of health advocacy going on and it's very simple. It's like um, a woman could uh, simply just uh, say hi to the neighbors and stuff and then um, have like a party or a get together at her house and then try to figure out how everybody together as a group can um, advocate for better health in, in the community and things like that. And it's great because you also have a support system um, that helps you pretty much keep advocating for these health issues, uh, keep uh, just doing certain changes within the community, um, even little changes like recycling more can help out a lot. So um, that's kind of like the point of health activism, I think. It, it's not necessarily like you don't necessarily have to be out on the streets advocating for a huge, huge um, issue going on um, in the world, like against uh, war for healthcare policy change or things like that. And um, healthcare policy change is important and it's big, but it's also like, you know, what are you going to do while you're sitting there waiting for your healthcare policy change? There's still lifestyle. Um, um, healthcare in regards to lifestyle, and a lot of that has to do with personal lifestyle and personal health. So, yeah, and it's just nice that to know that there are some community um, members who end up being leaders um, for whatever they are trying to um, fix or help in their community in regards to health. And, uh, yeah, I just thought that was really cool because I'm, like, a public health policy major at the moment. And, you know, as public health pol policy majors, 
a lot of times I have an international focus. So you're always thinking about, oh, how can I help out the world, you know, internationally, internationally. But um, it's also important to focus on how your neighborhood is going. And if you were to ask me how I think my neighborhood is going in regards to health, I really don't know. I have no idea. So maybe that would be a good idea for um, any of the listeners out there um, if you're interested um, in finding out um, the, you know, health status of your neighborhood, you know, how safe are the streets out there, um, how much pollution is, is there in your neighborhood. Because it's like even if you don't really know um, or, like, see the effects of of what bad air can do, it's like, you know, it, it makes such a big difference because um, having cleaner air would um, help out. And there's just, like, different ways to do that, like uh, setting up something in your home or um, just encouraging people to, like, I don't know, drive during certain hours of, like, the day in the neighborhood. And I know that, I know that seems kind of far-fetched, like, what? Come on, like, my neighbors are going to be down for that. But seriously, though, it's like if you really care about something and you really care about the members of your community, then it's a good thing to advocate for, I think. So, um, yeah, just to keep that in mind, um, just take a step back, analyze where you're living, analyze the um, health situation of your home and of your um, neighborhood, and then, you know, see if there are any, like, simple changes that can be made in order to make your lifestyle a little bit healthier and um, a little bit more easier to, you know, live in. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, health activists. All right, so uh, what we, what else... Uh, I got the image from, I, I posted this uh, topic on the blog page, that is activismforamateurs.kuci.org. Um, you are welcome to go on to that blog page, and um, there's an image there from um, wegohealth.com. Uh, we and um, that's a really, it's a really good site. Um, that's where I found out a lot of information about health activists. Um, you can check it out if you want. Uh, they have a lot of different um, blog posts, um, community forums, things like that. People just kind of talking about health in their community. And also gives you good, like, background on, like, diseases, like common um, chronic diseases or illnesses that people have. And it kind of teaches you a little bit how you can um, cope or how you can get better treatment for those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I would suggest checking that out as well. And... I do have another video, but I'm not sure. I hope it works out. Oh, also, um, for anybody listening out there, if you would like to call in and, you know, just add a little commentary or, you know, say whatever you want. It, You know, it's like as long as you don't, like, say bad words and stuff. But, like, just call in and say whatever you want. As long as it pertains to the topic, I would love to hear you. And um, listeners would love to hear you as well. The number is 949 824 5824. Again, that's 949-824-5824. Alright. So, um, yeah, there was also... There's another video that I wanted to show, but I'm having a hard time with the auxiliary cable, so it's like, you know, whatever. It's cool. We could, we could, we could freestyle it without our videos. We, we don't even need videos. This is a radio show, you know, but the only reason why is because, like, um, yeah, I didn't really, um, have the time to get, like, a guest and stuff, but there are a lot of really great videos out there of people who are health activists, and they had really good stories. Um, the next video that I planned to show was this guy named Anthony Cirillo, and it's interesting. Um, he, he has this video called Why I'm a Health Activist. 
and pretty much he talks about how he cares a lot about the elderly because he used to volunteer at you know um, elderly homes and um, now what he does is that this is what he what he says he says that he 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 volunteers to go to um, you know um, people's homes um, from the from the elder home and stuff like that and um, pretty much just like play music and sing songs to them and things like that and um he said that in that in a sense advocates for um people's health and he does he does other things also but it's just this is just one of the ways that he does is through art and through music and stuff like that and it's kind of like asking the question well how does that make you a health activist at all but he does argue that um you know giving attention to like um people who are part of the elder homes like it it really does uh give them a better quality of life, um, that's what he would say, um, you know, it just, it just helps them, it just helps them out, especially with the whole, like, um, aging process thing, it's nice to have somebody who cares enough to, like, come and sing a song, so that's, that was his, that was his spiel on that, and, um, in a sense, like, um, you know, live a happier, healthier lifestyle, things like that, um, he also advocates for that, and, um, he talks about it, um, to people of the, elder home and things like that so um yeah that's pretty cool it's like simple things um these are all really simple ways that you can get involved and become an activist and it's not even like social like it's not even really like social justice you know like political advocacy but these are all simple things like health advocacy which are very important too and it really does go a long way um i also wanted to highlight on just a couple of activists um health activists and some of the things that they've been um, doing, and, um, oh, well, actually, these two activists are dead, <laughs> that's why, it's like, let's commemorate, but, um, yeah, there, uh, there are these two health activists who kind of, like, I don't know, died, like, kind of, like, later last year, so there are a lot of, um, tributes going out to them, um, pretty much just for the community work that they have been doing, so there's this woman named, um, Sandra Duffy, um, Sandra Duffy is from Portland, Oregon, where she worked as an assistant county attorney for uh, Multima County. And um, she called herself a mercury activist. So uh, what she did was pretty much she um, volunteered to teach people about the hazards of um, dental amalgam mercury fillings. Um, and to uh, pretty much just keep up this basic freedom of having holistic um, an, a holistic approach to dentist practice. So that's also another thing. A lot of people don't think about um, what types of stuff are being put into your fillings, you know, at the dentist's office and things like that. And some of them do contain um, or did contain um, hazardous um, fillings of mercury, um, at least in um, her community where she was. But then um, pretty much just by noticing this, um, she started this uh, speaker series where she um, reached out to other states, um, not just in Oregon. And um, she pretty much just worked with other um, dentist groups. And uh, she also collaborated with the American Civil Liberty Union. So um, this is just a sing single person, you know, going out, out outreaching to her community, um, even being able to work with certain groups that do help with community um, advocacy and community organizing like a, um, like a union, you know, so that's pretty cool. So then she went out to Iowa, she went out to Connecticut and, um, talked about, um, the mercury fillings in your cavity fillings that dentists would use and saying how, oh yeah, that's really just unhealthy because mercury has been shown to have, um, detrimental effects on, um, people's health. 
So that's pretty cool. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, thanks a lot, Sandra Duffy. Um, props to you. Um, so yeah, uh, that was October 2nd, 2010, when she died of cancer. So yeah. Oh, and also, like, with cancer, a lot of people have been advocating for cancer, too. I mean, like, it, it puts a big perspective because you wouldn't think of it as advocacy, you wouldn't think of it as activism, but in a sense, like, uh, in the video um, that you heard earlier, you know, that's what activism pretty much is, is organizing a group of people to come together for a common cause. And um, so it's like the same thing, you know, when you see the AIDS walk out there, the walk for breast cancer, uh against, you know, Alzheimer's, things like that. Those are all those are all forms of activism, except they're not usually called activism, and you don't see it called activism, you know, um, on the media, probably because maybe, I don't know, activism can come with a negative stereotype to some people who aren't familiar with it. But otherwise, for the people who are familiar with it, activism is definitely a lifestyle worth, you know, worth living, you know, um, pretty much using up your time, to give back to a greater cause bigger than you but you know it's never really seen as activism in regards to things like health or things like lifestyle things like fitness things like um you know eating better you know um unless it's like affecting like a large amount of people who are about to die you know but um um you know like in other countries and stuff like that that's kind of like the stigma however it's yeah it's it's really important to kind of like bring it home as well because even if if there aren't like super like i don't know super horrible things like malnutrition and poverty and stuff like that going on in your neighborhood you never know you know you really never know and um honestly it's like yeah it's really cool that people are able to do things like that and um you know even though they're not completely outreaching to like you know the world in a sense but it's still very important work and um there's another woman um her name was Adrian Harbour, and she was an activist for healthcare. So, um, yeah, she she also died recently. Um, she lived in Chicago, and she was an activist, and um, she was part of the um, movement. Um, she was very involved with the movement, um, the civil rights movement, with Martin Luther King Jr. during the time. So, um, yeah, she worked with the Head Start program, which. Um, which helps low-income residents and, uh, you know, low-income low residents get, you know, um, education and other resources and things like that. So, yeah, really cool. And um, I don't know, it says she, oh, she died of cancer as well on December 28 at the age of 84. So then, you know, kind of just ties it in. Like, I don't know, like there's always this joke with activists. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to give up my life for the for the sake of you know of the people or for a greater cause like like bigger than me and stuff which is all cool and fine and dandy and all but i mean still you know like like whether or not you decide to give up your life for like a, a greater cause or whatever you know i mean it's great and everything but there's still things like you know you know health problems and cancer and stuff that that could you know easily nick you at the end so it's it's and like a lot of ways to kind of prevent things like that is to pretty much take care of your health. So, yeah, that's also um, a lot of the messages that come out from health activists as well, is really just fixing, changing that lifestyle in order to make you live a little bit longer because then you could advocate for people a lot longer too. So that's really cool. I think it is anyway. 
So, yeah, that's pretty much everything we have. We will take a musical break in a little bit. I still want to talk about things going on in regards to health activism um, before we move on. But, um, yeah, during the second half of the show, we will talk about health activism in a global perspective or health activism in local communities in other countries. That will be interesting as well. And um, just to kind of give updates, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about health in um health in uh jails and prisons and things like that because um you know a lot of activists are pretty much in um in prison in other countries um as well as um here too maybe i don't know but um yeah there was an activist in china recently who was um who was imprisoned and um he he had um hiv and aids um also so uh, he not only advocated, you know, for uh, he advocated for a lot of different things, but um, pretty much uh, the story goes that he suffered from hepatitis and um, just like other diseases and stuff while he was in jail um, for the kind of activist work that he was doing um, in his community, um, not even his community, but yeah, he basically got arrested but um, for his activist work, but like... Um, I don't really know the reason why. It doesn't really state specifically, but the argument is that while he was in jail, um, you know, his health was not, he was not able to really take care of his health um, while being, while being in jail and on the medical grounds and things like that. So, um, yeah, like an extra day in um, jail, you don't get the same type of medical attention that he could have gotten from his wife or his family and things like that. So it's like while he was being just detained, even just detained in jail, his um, health, at least for for a person who is dealing with HIV and AIDS, you know, it can make a big difference, you know, day by day. And that was kind of like one of the points also is like, um, what about, you know, the health of like uh, those people who are um, who are in prison? And I'm not talking specifically here in the U.S., but I'm talking, you know, in general, you know what I mean? Like, um, like, should there be care for the health of those who are, um, for those who are detained. And, um, yeah, uh, I don't know, like, in my personal opinion, yes, because it's like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna detain them, you know, at least give them, like, the basic rights, you know, to their health, and if there's someone who's going through, like, a serious health issue, um, pretty chronic illness during that time, then, um, yeah, definitely help them out, because, I mean, there are a lot of people who are in the same cells, so you got to keep that sanitation going too, otherwise everyone's just gonna get sick, and that's just, you know, like I've got, I've heard other arguments, like, oh yeah, but they're criminals, you know, they're criminals. Why should we pay our tax dollars to, you know, help them with their health? And like in essence, you know, um, we still pay for the services to get them, you know, out of our communities and off the streets, you know, into like a place so that, um, you know, citizens feel secure. Am I right? But um. Yeah, but still, even so, you know, there's still like that, there's still a social obligation to, um, to aid people, even people who are in jail with their health, because like, in, in all honesty, it's like, like, they're, um, people who are in jail with a whole lot of other people, so, um, that's a, it could, it could potentially spread, you know, a disease that could have been prevented. So, yeah, that's important as well. And also, you know, there are um, guards and security guards and policemen who also work um, in the same vicinities as well. So it's important um, that their health is taken care of also. 
And um, through simple things, just like sanitation and things like that are really important. Um, providing food and um, water is important as well. And like I said, I'm not only talking about the U.S. I'm talking about, you know, conditions in other countries. Um, really important. And, um, yeah, so that's what we have so far on health activists. And, and um, if you would like to call in and give your opinion, um, please do. Again, the number is 949-824-5824. I would love to hear, um, hear what you have to say about health activism. So, yeah, and in the meantime, um, I figured since it's also finals week, and um, this is a student um, show. This uh, show is primarily for undergraduate students as well. Um, yeah, guys, uh, pretty much just like uh, relax, you know, don't stress. CCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listening. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, yeah, I just played some uh, pretty nice and easygoing bossa nova music, musica, for everyone to hear. Um, trying to keep it a nice, calm Thursday for um, all the students out there who are studying for finals. Uh, relax, relax. But anyway... So, yeah, uh, earlier um, in the hour, we were talking about health activists, what is a health activist, and um, what health activists do in their community. And pretty much health activists are sim- like pretty much just community members, um, regular people, everyday people in your neighborhood who feel that there's a certain health issue that needs to be addressed in their communities. So they take part in doing that um, by organizing with the members of the community, um, with their neighbors, and also organizing within um, members of the um, whatever town or city that they might live in um, to pretty much spread awareness about the need for a certain um, health issue, whether it be pollution or sanitation, um, recycling, things like that, promoting healthier lifestyle in the neighborhood. So that's all good things. And um, next we will also be talking about just to, trans- just to transgress off of um, that. Oh, also I wanted to add in another comment. Um, I was talking to our program director, um, Heather, and Heather also um, said that uh, health activists in um, these uh, middle-income um, communities um, are also really important because they um, pretty much help keep this um, um, middle um, income level of um, neighborhoods, you know, sustained and things like that. Um, really taking action um, in your communities and, um, you know, whether, you know, even if they're not like, uh, you know, um, lower income communities and things like that, um, where, you know, there are a lot of programs um, that specifically help um families who are of lower income communities, um, you know, with their health or um, with, you know, um, other things that they might need help with in their community or with education and things like that. But um, at least for, um, you know, neighborhoods with um, middle income, um, middle income, uh, I don't know, earners, (laughs) yeah, uh, those, um, those earners um, in the neighborhood and stuff, um, it, it still kind of like gives you like that lifestyle kind of thing where a lot of people are pretty much just going to work and then, you know, just coming home and it really gives you a sense of community feeling also. And, um, you know, uh, helps keep you going at least, uh, creates a new lifestyle, something to advocate for. It's always nice being active in the community. So, um, it helps keep up those, um, keep up the activities of the middle income type of neighborhood. So, yeah, I don't know. I like at first at first I didn't really like think about that, but then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, that does make sense. Cool. 
All right. So we will uh, now talk about things that are going on in other countries in regards to health activism. And this is pretty much what you hear about with your nonprofit organizations going out there advocating for the needs of, you know, uh, pretty much people who are living in these uh, more impoverished communities or rural communities that really do need the help of uh, people like health activists. So um, in India, they have an actual uh, job position or Uh, something, something of that nature called accredited social health activists. And these accredited social um, health activists, um, ASHAs for short, um, they are community health workers who are instituted by the government of India um, through the Ministry of the Health and Family um, Welfare as part of the National Rural Health Mission in India. So um, it's relatively new. Um, pretty much um, these are hired um, health activists within the communities, and um, this mission began in the year 2005, um, targeted to pretty much um, improve the communities until um, the year 2012. So we are well approaching that year. And um, since, since then, since they started um, implementing this new program in India, um, it pretty much um, came out to develop 250,000 ASHAs Um, within India. So um, that is the goal, and um, that is what they're also trying to implement. And since then, there have been a lot more people who have, um, you know, pretty much gotten positions and started working as these um, accredited social health activists, um, at least in India, for example. So, um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, by creating this um, focus on health and this focus on new programs that um, help um People learn more about health in their communities. Um, this has also created more jobs um, in those certain regions in India um, where these programs are being implemented. So um, what? who is an ASHA? Who can be an ASHA, an accredited social um, health activist? So pretty much um, a ASHAs are local women who are hired and trained as health educators um, in order to promote health within their communities. So um, I have a quote here from the, from the um, site. It says that uh, these AHA, ASHAs are health activists in the community who create awareness on health and its social determinants to mobilize the community towards local health planning and increase utilization and accountability of the existing health services. So, yeah, it's like, um, I think that's important too. It's kind of like what we were talking about a little bit earlier in regards to neighborhoods. It's really taking the responsibility of promoting that communal um, health, the community health, um, within even a smaller um, group of people, which is important as well. Um, Got to make it local, you know? has to be local before it gets global. That's what I always think. So that's really cool. And um, their tasks include things like um, motivating women to, um, you know, give birth in hospitals as, a, as opposed to um, um, giving birth at home. Um, because, you know, it's just a lot safer that way, they feel. And um, with doctors, at least you have more um, professionals who are there who could um, really keep track of the baby during um, the, you know, giving birth process, labor process. And um, they also uh, bring children to immunization clinics um, for them to get their shots, and they encourage family planning um, or uh, what is also known as a surgical sterilization, um, treating basic illness and injury with first aid, uh, keeping demographic records of 
uh, the things that are going on um, in regards to health care and who's being treated for um, what and also improving um, village sanitation. So a wide range of different health issues that are covered by these ASHAs. But, um, yeah, a lot of it really is going out to that community and educating about the different things that are going on. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. And, um, it, you know, it, it's, it's important to um, really keep up um, these sustained programs of health within the communities because, like I said before, it's like, um, you know, the government can really... Um, Government can really do so much. It's like the actual allocation of the healthcare workers, the actual implementation of these programs. Really, it in all in essence, it all goes down to local. You know, so um, it's really important to keep that up as well. So um, yeah, keep keep bringing that community health going. And um, since we are talking about things going on in other countries, I also wanted to talk about the. Um, what happened in the Philippines with um, healthcare workers called the Morong 43 um, in the Philippines. And um, this, this has been news for some time, but um, pretty much um, this was a human rights violation, according to the Human Rights Watch. But um, there were 26 women and 17 men part of, um, pretty much part of this um, healthcare you know, mission, things like that. They're all people who are working with, um, who are working from a healthcare field, and um, they're actually working in the field to, um, you know, uh, pretty much give more medicine and give more medical aid uh, to the people in um, local communities where, um, you know, medicine is not usually um, allocated well or because they're not close to a hospital or what have you. But um, anyway, yeah, they were detained. Um, government, uh, military pretty much came and um, arrested um, these 43, 43, that's a lot of arrests. These four, all 43 healthcare activists on February 6, 2010. So this was, um, yeah, this was last year. So it's already, it's, it's been a year since then. Um, but yeah, it was, they were accused of being, um, trainees of the communist rebel New People's Army for some reason. And I think even earlier than that, like around the time that they first talked about arresting these um, healthcare workers, uh, it was just with speculation that one of the healthcare workers had, like, some kind of, like, I don't know, um, de detonation device or something like that, some kind of bomb or something like that. But anyway, um, yeah, but apparently that was enough reason to arrest all 43 of them, which is just messed up. So, uh, yeah, but now, since then, since February 6th, there has been a lot a lot of ad advocacy for, um, for them, um, because pretty much, you know, it's just uh, yeah, they weren't treated. They weren't treated right when they were um, when they were arrested. Um, they were charged with see. They're charged with illegal possession of um, firearms and explosives, um, without even having like the true proof of that or the true proof that all forty three healthcare workers did. So um, yeah, the uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, speculation about all of this, and um, there's a lot of advocacy going on because you know the healthcare workers weren't treated right when they were detained in jail. Um, they would be uh, deprived of sleep. They would be interrogated for um, as long as you know 36 hours. Um, they were separated from each other, uh, blindfolded a lot, you know, things like that. So um, yeah, uh, really bad conditions and. Um, these are all uh, people who are working within the healthcare field. So, uh, yeah, but um, there was, uh, they were going to start this uh, hunger action. Um, not hung Well, I guess it's kind of like a hunger strike. Um, yeah, hunger strike um, to advocate for the um, Morong, Morong 43 
healthcare workers. Um, pretty much it's just like you can only drink water and eat five biscuits a day type of thing. And, um, yeah, uh, I, like uh, there's some Filipinos in the community who are down to do that, you know. Um, I would be down to do that too. But um, thankfully, uh, before that uh, strike, a uh, hunger strike actually was going to be implemented, um, the president of the Philippines, President Aquino, on December 10, ordered the Justice Department to drop the charges against the 43, um, the, the Morong 43, um, because they were based on illegally obtained evidence and things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, he ordered um, charges that dismissed them, and um, now uh, they should be getting released. So, um, yeah, that's good news. Whether, um, whether or not that's really happening uh, fully, I'm not exactly sure. But, um, yeah, I will definitely love to keep you posted on that. But but as far as the issue goes, um, that's what was going on. So, um, yeah, just to add in a little bit something on that. It's, it's also, if you're going to be thinking about health, you also need to think about your health activists who are out there, you know, helping other people. Uh, Got to keep those people um, out doing their work and stuff. Don't arrest them. Don't arrest them. That's just crazy. All right. So the next thing I would like, uh, to talk about a bit is, you know, we've, we've already mentioned this a, a few times on the show before and we were talking about international human rights. Um, however, uh, it is still very important. Uh, water. Water as a human right. And um, on the show last week, we were talking about, um, I was telling everybody about how, you know, MSU had their fast-a-thon and you couldn't drink water um, pretty much from sunup to sundown. And, um, a uh, lot of the people who are participating in that, you know, they said that the food wasn't a problem. Uh, not eating food wasn't a problem. It was drinking water. That was, like, the hardest thing to deal with. And you really do, like, don't realize how much you could take water for granted, especially in this, in, in our society here in the U.S., you know? Because, um, you know, water is a lot more accessible here than in other countries. But um, there has been changes in regards to water as a human right. According to United Nations Environment Program, or UNEP, um, they are uh, starting to implement um, more change in um, more programs and um, really just make it like known that water should be a basic um, human right. So that was um, claimed in September 2010. Um, the UNHR, the United Nations Human Rights Council, um, they included access to safe drinking water and sanitation as part of um, as part of the um, you know human rights um, declaration and things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, according, according to uh, the human rights site, um, that should be, that should be um, Im- implemented now soon. So, um, but yeah, you know, easier said than done. I mean, I mean, anytime that you're talking about, you know, human rights issues and things like that, it's like, yeah, it's in the, it's in the declaration, but it's like, it's really important to figure out exactly how to allocate that. And as of right now, there are about 800, 800 million people around the world who have no access to clean drinking water. So that's a lot. You guys, that's a lot. 800 million people do not have access to clean drinking water. And um, at the same time, you know, um, there's also sanitation. Um, almost 2.5 billion people um, die because... Um, they don't have, you know, proper, or, I mean, 2.5 billion people do not have proper sanitation facilities, and then more than um, 2 million, more than 2 million people die because they do not have drinking water, or because the water that they're drinking is contaminated by by pollutants in the water, and a lot of that has to do because of the improper sanitation. 
So, um, yeah, just something that, you know, just something to think about. And also, um, uh, it says here that diarrhea is the second most important cause of death of children below the age of five um, in a country like in Bolivia. And um, the lack of access to drinking water kills more children than, you know, other, con- um, other diseases like AIDS, malaria, and measles combined. So, it, you know, it, it, it's a really big issue. Just a simple thing as having clean um, drinking water in the community is an important thing. So um, just to connect that with health activists, you know, um, it's important to have um, clean drinking water in these local communities um, as well. So that's one of the things that, you know, like we were talking about earlier, the ASHAs um, work with their communities to try to um, implement that locally. Um, it's really important. It makes a really big difference. But um, way, way back when, like 1948, when the um, UDHR, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights was first written, water was not part of, of you know, the declaration. And um, over time, um, more statistical research started coming out, a lot more public policy people started um, doing work and um, research within their communities started noticing, like, hey, water really is an important thing, you know? It got greatly over- overlooked when they first created the um, Human Rights Declaration. So, yeah, now it's pretty much up to you know, hopefully the states to uh, create uh, better programs, um, create a lot more attention and awareness, and put a lot more importance and funding um, into, you know, health of the communities, um, as opposed to, like, I don't know, economic growth or, like, warfare, things like that, you know? Um, So hopefully the state um, of these states of these countries can can do that i mean even even so they still declare that it is a, a it is a right and a lot of countries are you know doing well with that but a lot of them really aren't and it's you know and a lot of it kind of just goes goes way way down to what's going on locally and that's when your nonprofit organizations come in and local community members things like that so um yeah um way to go health activism making a lot of change you know if it weren't for health activists who are advocating for water Universal Declaration of Human Rights would not be including water as a human right either. And then, it, you know, it will just give a lot less importance to the um, to um, how much water is needed in these communities just, just to help people, you know, live, basically. But, yeah, just, just to give you some examples of some of the countries that have been um, implementing these changes um, in Uganda... Um, the Constitution of Uganda, they included in um, 1995... Um, that all Ugandans enjoy rights, opportunities, access to education, and health services, including clean and safe water. You know, and among that, amongst that being, you know, having shelter, clothing, security, um, uh, retirement benefits, things like that. But that was in 1995. So, um, you know, um, kind of long ago, but still not not starting from the very beginning. And also in the uh, Democratic, Repu- Democratic Republic of Congo um, in 2006, um, 2006 is when they declared um, in their constitution that people should have access to potable water. So, you know, like, like in, in retrospect, like, like these changes are really recent, you know, I'm, like 1995, 2006, you know, it wasn't, really wasn't that long ago. So um, these changes are still happening. All right, so we have nine minutes left of the show. Dang, the hour just flew by. But, um, yeah, I hope everyone's learning a lot. Um, I definitely learned a lot when I was researching on health activism. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much everything that I have for you on uh, what a health activist is. So um, now that you've pretty much learned 
a lot about health activism and what health activists do, you know, uh, really think about becoming a health activist yourself. And, um, you know, if you're if you're interested in um, helping out your communities, and that's really great, take that extra step, you know, just uh, help people live healthier lifestyles, and it'll um, improve your community overall. Um, but it is also important um, for students to take care of their health and be a health activist for yourself. And um, I, like, I will admit, I am such a huge hypocrite um, when I say this because it's like, you know, like um, before health really wasn't that big of a, of a, you know, thing for me personally. I mean, like uh, there's a lot of things like being involved on campus and then doing really well in school and you kind of just lose track of that health factor and it's like giving you know getting three to four hours of sleep a night is it's fine as long as you know are able to do all your work but you know it is really important because you know like I learned that a lot this year um starting taking as I was starting to take more public health courses it's important to take care of your health and you know I crashed a couple times you know last year and stuff and I'm sure many of you have and you know it's not fun it's really not fun so, um, yeah, so uh, really keep the health um, going, um, you know, with um, the good food, the exercise, and most importantly, like, just a lot of sleep and a lot of water. And I'm trying to do that as well. Um, I sleep a lot more, so <laughs> that's nice. I sleep a lot more than I should, actually. But, you know, whatever's, whatever's. I'm, I'm improving my health. All right. And um, last thing I wanted to touch up on was stigmas of activists and health. Now, I don't know, guys, but what do you usually see when you see activists out there on the radio? You know, like, what images do you usually connect with activists, I mean, not on the radio, but on the television, connect with activists um, that you see in the media in general? And, um, you know, uh, especially if you're seeing all these images from, like, the civil rights movement and things like that, I don't know if it's just me, but I always see that there are a lot of activists out there who are smoking, you know? It's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just, I don't know why, but maybe it's just something cool. But, um, well, here's what I, here's what I get off of that image, you know, if I, you know, see like, like if they were to put a picture of an activist and he was smoking there, then I, I don't know, what would I see? I don't know, in the picture I would say, oh, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe a guy's kind of intellectual, he or she, you know, maybe he's kind of intellectual, maybe, you know, you know, you hear these kinds of things. Maybe smoking gets them in the zone of getting that, you know, getting in that existential, you know, mode to where you could hit like this ultimate knowledge and like, you know, argue, you know, um, argue your um, your um, opinion on certain issues and you know really get your voice heard and have the courage to do that and things like that. You know, I've got I, I've heard a lot of those of those stigmas um, in regards to activists and smoking, and um, you know other um, I was talking to other activists about. Uh, about smoking it's like oh why do you why do you smoke and really it's it's not it's 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 more a personal choice really but the point is like there is like this image that um you know that activists do smoke a lot because you know they're all connected to like you know um other things um and also um even so, it, it still gives that, you know, still gives that image of making the activist, you know, kind of look tough, kind of look like a rebelling against society and rebelling against a system of oppression and all that good stuff. And, you know, you, you just got to smoke a cigarette, you know, but, um, you know, in order to like, in order to get that known and things like that. But I, I don't know. I don't know, guys. It's like, um, yeah, I, I see a lot of activists out there who are, who are smoking and don't lie. You know, people seriously don't lie. You know, you've seen it, too. 
But, um, yeah, but, um, not all activists smoke, really, and, like, if, like, this is an amateur activist type of show, you know, like, 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 in all essence, this is a student show, so still going down to that basic peer pressure, like, seriously, seriously, smoking is not necessary to be a good activist. Why? Because I don't smoke. <laughs> not to say that I'm a good activist or anything, but, you know, it's, it's good to, it's good to know, really get that in your head, like, these, these images and these stigmas and these labels that you have about, what an activist should be, you know, not true. Um, activists should be you. You know, whatever you you think an activist should be is as yourself, you know. Um, and that comes with your own image of yourself and how you want to, you know, portray yourself, um, pretty much live your life. So, um, yeah, it's really important. Um, so with that, I would like to say cigarettes, uh I didn't like them. They kind of make you smell bad. They're bad for your health. And, um, you know, a lot of studies have shown that they lead to heart disease and lung problems. I don't know why people aren't really thinking about that. But, um, yeah, it's kind of true. It's like even if you don't think it won't happen to you, it does over the long run. And, um, you know, that's it's pretty much like a long-term slow form of killing. But, um, yeah. Uh, that's that with smoking and also stay fit and exercise. Why? Okay, so okay, so let's say that you need to go to a rally or a protest, okay? And let's say just for some reason, for some reason, it got too out of hand and it got really violent. So now you need to like pretty much run or else you're going to get arrested. And you, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, you could, you, like this is what my dad said. He's like, oh yeah, sure, you could stay out there and protest and, and things like that and be out with the people. But I mean, if you're arrested, you know, what good are you going to be then? You know what I mean? Like, um, unless all of you are arrested together, but if you see people fleeing, then yeah, you know, really get your butt out of there. Bad situation, you know? Um, then you could try to like get your people out of jail later on through advocacy work. But seriously, you, you need to run. And in order to run, you need to stay fit and you need to exercise. So, yeah, I don't know, just just to give you guys a little, you know, side note on that, you know, um, if, in, if, in, if in case that happens, it, it's important to be healthy to run away. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, uh, you know, but be safe, guys. Keep, keep the peaceful protest going on out there, I think. <laughs> and um, also with, um, for uh, vegetarians, um, there are a lot of uh, activists out there who are vegetarian, and that's just because, you know, they're activists for, um, you know, animal rights, advocate for, um, for animals and things like that. So, um, yeah, just really be sure that you have a good source of protein. Like, if you are going to change to becoming a vegetarian or a vegan, like, really do your research first and figure out in what ways you can slowly transition yourself into doing that. Don't just do it like cold turkey and be like, oh, yeah, heck yeah, totally for the rights of, of all the animals out there. It's like, yeah, that's really great and stuff, you know, but... Like, it's also, it affects your health and it affects your lifestyle, too. So, um, yeah, it's just, I've, I've met a few activists out there who are kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to be vegetarian. And then it's like, well, it affects your health, though, so make sure you know what you're doing. And then with alcohol, is the same thing. And um, also, I think the most important thing, really, is mental health. Because um, how do you prevent uh protest from getting too out of hand it, it really only takes like one like like let's say you plan a protest and you plan for it to be a little more diplomatic if i can say quotes you know just peaceful not to cause too much trouble because you really kind of just want to project that there is a need for this change in society however it only takes really one or two people like i remember in middle school um, there, there were protests going on because, you know, there was some kind of thing going on with immigration and all the students were like, oh, heck no, you know, most of us are, are um, most of us have families who immigrated into this country. And, you know, it really only took one or two students 
who thought that it would be a good idea to get really angry and throw that rock, you know? And that's just, that's just not cool because, you know, it gives everyone else a bad image. But um, anyway, so um, yeah, just uh, anger management's <laughs> important too, you know? Like, I feel like um, it, it can get really easy to get riled up in the movement and stuff, but really get riled up in the passion for it and the for the sake that there needs to be uh, injustice to to um, to become, you know, really is a need to advocate um, for things that are unjust in society. So, um, yeah, you, you do. You got to get mean. You got to get mean and you got to get angry sometimes. But you also need to know your limits and know when to take it down a notch. So, um, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. And, um, yeah, so that's everything on the show, Health Activists. And it is 9 o'clock. Uh, next is uh, Evan Simon on the docket. Um, that is another really awesome public affairs show. So, yeah, uh, everybody, thanks a lot for listening. I hope you learned a lot about health activism, and I hope you keep up with your health as well, as I will try to do the same thing. So, yeah, thanks a lot for tuning in. You have listened to Activism for Amateurs with me, your host, Lauren, on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Peace. Você vai ver, você vai implorar, me pedir pra você.